Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace. And before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Streetside Brewery. Look, they are located in Columbia, Tusculum, an awesome little neighborhood on the east side of Cincinnati. And Streetside Brewery is just the perfect mixture of local watering hole and modern craft beer brewery. They have 24 beers on tap, and I am very happy to tell you that I have yet to have a bad one yet from these guys. Check them out on Tuesday nights in particular. They do a pint night with limited edition glassware. That gets you a buck off your refills all night on pint nights. They also have a ton of different events. Go check them out on their calendar. There's one on February 22nd in particular you should check out. So check out their calendar on their social media platforms, on their website, tons and tons of really, really cool stuff there. But as a special note to Postcast listeners, if you mention the Cincy Postcast at the bar, they're going to take a buck off of your beer. It lets you know that we sent you their way and lets them know that it was maybe worthwhile throwing us a couple of bucks to sponsor this podcast. Hey, uh, you can find them at 4003 Eastern Avenue or in the fridge of wherever you are picking up your next beer. Again, a huge thank you to Streetside Brewery for sponsoring the postcast. And on today's episode, we have a full, full show for you, a proper two-parter in part one. It's any number of topics we get into, including preseason results. Bupenza did what in a preseason match? There was also uh, a player signing that did not happen. That player is definitely not with FC Cincinnati unless you actually look at photos of the team. Hmm. There's some election-stealing drama up north, and there are all sorts of weird topics around the league that we can dive into. And then in part two, even weirder questions from our patrons. You put all that together, you got yourselves a postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more, two gentlemen that are ready to get this recording session over and off to a Super Bowl party. I can only assume that they are off to. Joined by the Chief, joined by Grayson. Chief, do you actually have any big Super Bowl plans this evening? No. Okay. My, my, <laughs> no, I um, I profoundly don't care who wins this game. <laughs> I guess by the time everyone's listening to this, the game will already have been over. Yes. Um. So I have this theory. I think I've touched on it before in the, uh, on the podcast that I used to call it the Tom Brady theory. And this was before Tom Brady ever came to my team and was just the greatest thing ever for a couple of years. But that if my team can't win, yeah. I want the outcome that makes the most number of people unhappy and sharing my misery. <laughs> yes. For the longest time, that was Tom Brady winning. So you, one would think that would be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs winning again. But in this case, I just I find them so profoundly unlikable. Like the, it's just it's it eats <laughs> at my soul. So I, I think to myself, oh, the Niners, that's that's good. Then we'll get an entire offseason of is Brock Purdy elite, where the mm. debate is one side. Here are his numbers. Here are like the role players that he has. He's just a point guard, a stat merchant. 
And then the other side, it's, but he won a Super Bowl. So it's the, we're really running the Joe Flacco <laughs> debate back yes, right here, yes. which is sparks joy for me. <laughs> but then like now Taylor Swift has become this political lightning rod for some yeah. of the worst people who I don't like. So now I, I kind of am becoming more okay with the idea of her winning. And I say her winning, not the Chiefs winning, <laughs> with, <laughs> with Taylor <Her> Swift winning <laughs> and pissing all of these people off. So I am profoundly conflicted by this game. The only thing I know for certain is that every bet I make, I'm going to lose. Other than that, you know. That's, that's usually the safest bet right there. Uh, Grayson, Taylor Swift getting let's say, most of MAGA Republicans to cheer for the woke city of San Francisco. Is this a win for American politics? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny because, like, they do have uh, Nick Bosa on the right. Niners, right? <laughs> um, there is a white quarterback on the Niners. <laughs> and, white running back. Yeah. I mean, in San Francisco, it's becoming, like, a little less of a woke lightning rod given all the tech weirdos that are out there now true um and i think that the a little bit of the fever behind oh we're gonna take all this and move it to austin has like <laughs> died down a bit i think that didn't really um happen oh the 49ers being so, relocated to austin though would be the ultimate <laughs> that's true i mean they're, they're in what santa clara yeah they're not even in san francisco yeah, they're, they're 45 minutes outside yeah um yeah so i actually got in a conversation with my wife about this yesterday because somebody at the bar had a los angeles raiders hat nice and she asked about like what that was <laughs> and so we real kind of realized that like san francisco only has like one team in it currently the giants right the giants yeah yeah because yeah. the Golden warriors in oakland yeah. yeah yeah and uh no the, the warriors didn't they move to san francisco from oakland wasn't it the mm, other way around mm. I, I don't know, know. i don't have the stats i don't know that's another that. team i don't i don't like very much uh so uh, i refuse to know anything accurate about them uh, yeah i don't i don't no, like I, they my, are in san francisco okay I was there's say, that my NBA theory shot useless that, 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 yeah, that oakland sucks. was the place where everybody left like the a's are leaving mm -hmm. the uh warriors moved to san francisco the los angeles raid the oakland raiders became the vegas. vegas right yeah at what point in the conversation about like the L.A. Raiders becoming the Oakland Raiders, becoming the Vegas Raiders. Did you have to get into the conversations? So there was this guy, Al Davis, and all he would do is draft guys that were really fast and couldn't catch. Uh, I didn't do that, but I did get into his son taking like a private car, like four hours or six hours each way to get the worst haircut anybody has ever <laughs> he does have, has he ever does had. Have, he does have a Lego person haircut and brings me joy. It's pretty bad. I did see, though, that uh, the Vegas mayor basically said uh, he does not want the Oakland A's and is, will do absolutely nothing to help them get a baseball stadium. So I uh, this is a man I, who had a bad first date at Moneyball. You can just, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll actually get a, a, a Vegas uh, A's. However, if you were if you were looking around MLS at potential relocation teams, 
You could do a lot worse than San Jose earthquakes to Vegas. That feels the natural, you know, progression of this league is moving a team out of the Bay Area and into Vegas. So. It would be like the most MLS move of all time to be the last professional sports team to go to Vegas, <laughs> like yes. after the economy is already saturated with <laughs> with teams and organizations. Looking I around, mean, confused why nobody is supporting the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now would be the time to go then. Right, because because there's no because baseball's not going to happen. Baseball's not there, and basketball's not there yet. Yeah, this is kind of the the last the last chance before anybody else shows up. Uh, but they didn't get a World Cup venue. I don't think the football stadium there is quite the right dimensions. I remember this coming up in the Gold Cup final or one of those that it's like. It's a little, if, a little smaller than FIFA if Vegas would prefer. Got, if Vegas got a World Cup, they would have had to conspire to ensure all the teams dra- uh, that were sent to Vegas also had a corresponding Las Vegas hotel they could stay at. So, like, we'd need the Egyptian team at the right. Luxor, the Italian team at the Palazzo, <laughs> we'd need the French team at Paris, just to offend the ever-living shit out of them about what the Las Vegas version of their culture is. The Italian team at Caesar's Palace. <laughs> you guys have you guys have flown into Vegas, right? Yeah, many times. So, I, I, there's something I respect about, like, the, the big, like, glass, like, smoking boxes that have the slots yeah. in them, right? Yeah, because there's something like honest about like you get off the plane, you know, you need to smoke a cigarette Uh, while I'm doing this. I can just, you know, pull a slot handle, you know, but um, I'm mainly here for smoking. Right. (laughs) Which it's like less depressing to me than like I flew into Reno recently and they just have the slots sitting out. They don't have like the smoking boxes. Yeah. So it's like. You just have a gambling addiction, <laughs> right? Like you get off the plane, you got to pull something, right? Um, I I appreciate the smoking boxes, but I I feel like you need one more thing to make it a proper sin bin. Like you you come into this little area and you get all of your vices, you know, out of your system before you even get out of the airplane or, or out of the airport or or before you leave Vegas for the the final moment. Well, you can take drinks to go now in airports. <laughs> There so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just sip on a margarita and smoke. And yeah, that's that's the yeah. flight I don't want to be on, where like somebody is carrying their to-go drink onto the plane. Like this is <laughs> this this flight is not going to end well. <laughs> well, these days, I, I think you'd be more worried about the people building your plane taking their drinks to go to the to the factory. I um, think that I think yeah. I, you know how they have that announcement at the beginning of every flight where they're like, if you brought alcoholic beverages on with you um you can't open them on the flight yeah there should be an airline that that lets you do that and it should be frontier well didn't like, hooters have an airline for a while feels like that would have like been their vibe actively encouraged that you byob Ooh, it would be really funny too they could just like sell mixers <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the appeal <laughs> Or knowing Frontier or one of those airlines would be like, you can have your own drink, but it has to be poured into one of our cups and they sell you the cup for $10. I mean, you can booze all you want. You got to buy the $10 cup. Right. A corking fee on your flight. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Well, 
speaking of boozing it up, uh, listening back to last week's episode, which I don't usually do, I realized uh, I did a really poor job of explaining what we are doing on February 22nd at Streetside Brewery. So allow me to correct that here early on in the podcast. Uh, Folks, FC Cincinnati's season opener is February 22nd in the CONCACAF Champions League. And it is against a tiny Jamaican team. Uh, and that game is going to be broadcast at Streetside Brewery. You can go down to the brewery where they will be playing the game. The kickoff is at 9 o'clock. That's exciting and that's fun. However, Come earlier, say 7 o'clock, and the postcast, the podcast you are listening to right now, we're going to do a live show at the brewery from 7.30 to 8.30 before the match. We are expecting a special guest or two. One of them may be a sad mascot, you know? I don't want to make any promises, but there's there's some options there for you. Uh, it should be a great time. Uh, the folks at Streetside are excited about this. We're excited about this. Uh, come hang out. We'll we'll do like a Q&A thing. We'll, we'll have a couple of things to, to talk about. It should be a good time. I cannot promise that we will have the ability to record it. So this may be your only chance to hear these words that we say. So I can't promise a, you know, a Patreon exclusive episode recorded at the brewery or or a live version of the show posting uh, later in the week or anything like that. So come hang out, uh, grab a beer with us. We'll we'll watch the game uh, together and hopefully watch FC Cincinnati get off to the season on the right foot. Uh, honestly, if they lose, it'll go down as probably the worst loss in FCC history. So, you know, Either we see a good win to start the year or we witness history. So come on out, hang out, and uh, yeah, let's let's uh, get the season started right. Chief, will the Supporters' Shield be at the event? Uh, we're working to make that happen. Okay. <laughs> we can't <laughs> guarantee that, but I like the progress. We are, we are, we are working towards making that happen. Like all <laughs> things with this podcast, I don't want to – my goal is to over under-promise, over-deliver – Mm-hmm. We fail at that routinely, but in this case, that's where we're going to be landing on this. Um, yeah, it should be a good time, though. Uh, street side, great beer, great location. Come out, have fun. And if the team loses, uh, I'm going to choose to believe it's our fault for doing this watch party, and we're never going to do one again. Yes, that is true. That'll be history. Um... So this might be your one time. <laughs> we'll also just see how it goes generally it may be the last time just for yeah, maybe nobody shows up that's also issues yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean look the the like kevin said there's be a live q a portion or shoot the shit portion if there's no cues mm-hmm. um but uh you know it probably won't be recorded so this is your only chance to find out if alvaro barrial is coming back to the team at least until the summer window it's your you only opportunity to ask that question. Because we're going to be the podcast that breaks the news we see in photographs other people are afraid to. <laughs> that is that is probably the uh, the perfect transition here to, to dive into our first topic. We, we do have a, a lot of FC Cincinnati and MLS uh, sort of topics to touch on here. Um yeah, Grayson, can we can we trust our eyes if Tom Bogert doesn't have at least four tweets 
about what we are witnessing with our with our own brains. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of a funny it was kind of a funny bit to follow a little bit on Saturday. So <laughs> to set it up. Yes, please. Um FC Cincinnati is down in Clearwater, Florida for their preseason. And um they've had the Pavel Bucha signing uh confirmed. And there was a new trialist in the preseason game against Philly hmm. on Friday. And uh, there was no news about who the trialist could possibly be. Okay. Um, maybe it was Luca Oriano, whose picture at the airport had been posted by Brazilian media and uh, who had been widely and heavily reported uh, by South American outlets to be already an FC Cincinnati player. Um, could be. Who's to say? But anyway, we didn't, there was no confirmation of that from, uh, from, from media on Friday. And then it comes Saturday morning, a, we'll say gumshoe from Nebraska yeah. posted a picture from some like leadership conference he's at or something down there. It was a uh, early childhood educators conference. So. Yeah. So, you know, it was early, uh, these are like our childhood heroes, and he was educating us about their presence on the beach in Clearwater playing like soccer volleyball. Yes. And he took a picture of the team, and he posted it on Twitter, and that pesky for you tab just showed it to like all of us immediately on Twitter because he said FC Cincinnati. For the first and time ever, I do want to say, thanks, Elon. Yeah. Not like sarcastically. This is, the first, this is probably the first time I've seen something on the for you tab that I was glad to see. <laughs> uh so um he posted a picture and then later he posted a video of the team playing uh soccer volleyball. I don't know if there's another name for that sport, but it's volleyball with their feet. Soccer with the, with tennis, their not hands. Maybe. With their yeah. not hands. Yeah. Um and sure enough, we saw some interesting folks in the photographs. One mm. was uh Mr. Alvaro Barrial, who had been reported to be expected back with the team, but I don't believe there had been any confirmation that he was with the team. Yeah, that he was traveling and should unite this weekend. So it was nice to see that. And somebody who I would say was unmistakably, (laughs) given the amount of times I've looked at his picture in the last like three weeks, (laughs) Luca Oriano. And the, only way he, the only way he could have been say? more Luca Oriano is if he would have been wearing his own jersey at the uh, during the event. The video had um, his first publicly available touches of the ball wow. as an FC Cincinnati player. <laughs> Incredible. They did eventually oh. release a team video of this event, and I was just desperately upset. That the soundtrack for it, they didn't spend the few bucks to buy the rights to that Kenny Loggins song playing with the boys from yeah. Top Gun during the volleyball scene. Of course. <laughs> like, but come on, it's right there. But the team like kept Oriano like out of out of all of their stuff. Yeah. You can tell there's a couple of videos that are like weirdly cropped. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite track the ball the right way you'd expect somebody holding a camera in front of a ball would do. There's yeah. a slight dip in resolution where they had to zoom in a little too far into, <laughs> and, into whatever it was that they were shooting so they could crop out whoever needed to be out of the frame. 
And what I thought was funny about the whole, one of the things I thought was funny about the whole thing, and this is not a criticism of anybody. Um, it's that like so much like sports reporting is like, you know, quote unquote sources provide this piece of gossip. And since somebody told me it, right. I can go ahead and just report it because yeah. I have a source that gave me this. It doesn't really matter. Like this is especially popular in like the transfer season, but oh yeah, uh, we saw some of this with some of like the behind the scenes drama that like like that that Jeff Carlisle article about Jeff Birding and all that stuff. Like you get like a quote unquote source who won't let you publish their name, but you get to publish like their their gossip or whatever. But like we all see a picture of <laughs> Alvaro and, and Luca playing volleyball. And like the media is not allowed to acknowledge they can't even just like acknowledge it. Which doesn't make you any know? sense because like I get the whole thing with trialist where the team is wink wink nudge nudge this person's paperwork isn't done yet and we're all just not going to talk about it. And, you know, you, you can cover this practice. We'll open this otherwise closed practice to you. But part of the information that's embargoed is the identity of this trialist because he's working without immigration paperwork. But playing volleyball soccer on the beach, that's not against immigration law. That's just that's just right. that's just guys being dudes right there. That's completely cool. So I don't understand why we can't report Luca Oriano is with the team in this photo playing volleyball. He's down. He's in the mix. We don't have to confirm or deny who trialist is. Trialist could be right. anybody. But like we can separately say that oh this person is with the team who is working towards getting his immigration status figured out, all that sort of stuff. One doesn't have to equal, you know, one and one don't have to equal two. We can be like one and one. Well, who can say what the answer is right here? We're not confirming the existence of two. And don't, but yeah. don't lie to me when I'm seeing the shit like online, like it's cool. Right. We can talk about this now. And there's yeah. like some, we saw some of this with the, with the Bucha signing where it's like, there was almost, there was almost misinformation about about him and like yep looking at like um extra, extra time radio's uh preseason analysis of fc cincinnati they talk about it's it came out on tuesday which what they announced his official the team officially announced his on like wednesday yeah um they they characterized him as like not done yet not with the team yet We'll see if they bring him in. Yeah. He had played two friendlies in the preseason. <laughs> and like I and again, like I get it. Like you don't have to say he He's played two friendlies. Yeah. <laughs> right? But you also don't have to provide like active like disinformation yeah. and just wrong stuff that just because like you're not officially allowed to report this for whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. I'll say even too on the on the Buka point there, like it's a little disrespectful to Pat New or <clears throat> Pat Nuna, Pat Brennan, who had reported, I'm gonna say tweeted, that it was done, that it was virtually mm -hmm. done. Like this is he will be a player, like the formalities just need to be agreed to. Like 
trust Pat here, guys. Like he's saying that this is done. He's going to be an FC Cincinnati player this year. And <clears throat> similarly, I I really appreciated like yeah, the uh uh we be jumping in the uh in the Twitter comments with um with uh Pat Brennan again saying like is the Luca stuff real? Like Pat had tweeted that it was absolutely real and that the team has been working on him. I don't think Pat has said, like, it's done or anything, but, like, it's real. But, again, he was, like, next next photo up in the, in the timeline is literally Luca on the beach with the team. I don't know. Like, these guys are well-connected. They, they know they, – they could probably send a text message to every single GM in the league to clarify a point. Like – I responded to Weeby with a picture of Luca on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Look, can I can I get political here for a second? Yes. Always. Okay. So, I are we talking JD, about Toby Keith yet? No, we haven't talked. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, both JD Vance and Sherrod Brown are avid listeners of the podcast. I don't yes. don't know if you know this, uh, listeners out there. Two of the twelve sitting United States senators. So, we got some influence in this in this space. I think. Um, J.D. Vance also, I found out on Friday, a uh, significant donor to the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. His name wow. was listed in the, like, what, ten to $19,000 tier. Look at him go. That's yeah. nice. Avid reader of Broadway World, I'm told, too. <laughs> um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I know that immigration is a hot-button topic here in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. I'm always a big fan of we take a big problem and we break it down into smaller chunks. And then you solve one smaller chunk, you solve another chunk, you solve another bit. And eventually, what do you know? You've almost solved the entire problem and you're halfway there. Maybe the one small chunk that can bring the left and the right together in this country. Small chunk of the immigration debate is we talk about the suffering soccer fans <laughs> and this stupid visa process to get players onto teams. And maybe the first thing that gets the ball rolling solving the immigration debate is that we fix this idea that if you fly to this country to get your medicals done and to sign with an MLS team, that there's a provisional four to six week window where when you come here, you can say, oh, what's the purpose of your visit? Uh, I am here to try out for an MLS team and potentially sign a contract. That you get like a little stamp on your passport and you can start playing soccer immediately pending approval of whatever your visa is. And then we don't have to do all this bullshit about trialist and I wonder who that could be. And we can just report he is here. He is getting his paperwork done. We expect him to sign. He is playing in this game. And we can just be done with all this. I don't Get it done, know. JD. <laughs> I don't know anything about anything here. But um, these guys aren't, I don't think getting paid like game day checks for these preseason games. Nothing about like their participation in a preseason game strikes me as violating a visitor's visa. I I don't I don't know. I like I said, I don't I don't know the the rules of the specifics here, but like in theory, I could be a trialist for FCC. I am in no way shape or form being employed by them or a provisional employee or needing to fill out any paperwork. Maybe a safety waiver saying I I, you know, if I blow out my ACL, it's on me, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, so we are, to be clear, playing real fast and loose at yes. the moment. <laughs> um, I do think that there is a, like, special visa that you get 
if you're coming over to like try out Win for employment. employment or to okay. have like some type of like temporary employment that may turn into like a permanent job. I think that that is what Santiago Arias actually was playing like the first part of the season on. Oh, oh. I don't know this to be true, <laughs> um, but, but the I timing do, lines up suspiciously the, with the, where that visa ends and yeah. where a season break was. <laughs> and when he Where disappeared he his, yeah <laughs> so it's like it's like they dragged they dragged their feet on like on him it felt like for like till they got to like a certain date and then he had to disappear for a while and get his visa situation like straightened out which is why he Almost missed all- i think i think he missed like all of league's cup oh interesting yeah well, there was um, no, there was like some international window or some like it was very funny how I know I know what your visa you're talking about. I'm just it's we, we talked about this last year where his sign the announcement of him actually signing perfectly coincided to when the expiration of this visa would hit an international window where he could leave and go get his paperwork all done, and we surmised that oh yeah he was here way way too long stretching the definition of what it means to be you know seeking employment for something when he was had found the fucking employment <laughs> was a crucial member of the team at that yeah. point. I'm just uh, saying, I'm yeah. just saying fix this. It's yeah. international soccer. It should be, it should be so much less cloak and dagger to, huh? The, the, you know, who is this? Like this guy is a professional soccer player. They are paying what we have heard rumor would be close to a $3 million transfer fee on this. This feels like one, where you can get expedited paperwork on, and we're just cool with what's going on here. This make this portion of immigration law make sense. So yeah. there is a thing called a B one visa, okay. um, which is good for six months. And according to this immigration law firm website, um, you have once you're officially offered a position, you have to apply for a P one visa, <laughs> oh. which does track with like what what we i think looked up like a year ago when we were trying to sort through this stuff like look we're not immigration lawyers we are just irresponsibly playing fast and loose with speculation about how this stuff works i mean but if the money's right i will be an election lawyer for (laughs) soccer sg (laughs) politics i will do that we we will absolutely touch on that here in just a moment i do want to say though Preseason match against Philadelphia did happen this past week. I don't want to read too much into a preseason result. However, I will read everything into this preseason result, which is FC Cincinnati uh, went down, was it 3 nothing uh, quickly to start the game and eventually came back to win 4-3 to in 90 minutes they did play another 45 minute i think it was 75 minutes was it okay i think oh weird so if you read carter's if you followed the carter's live blog or carter's recap i think the starters played 75 minutes i think they played 45 and then 30 and then there was an extra 45 minute where it was like all like reserve players now that said I did read Pat Pat Brennan's article, and he describes all three periods as forty fives. Right, that's what I was going off of. Okay. Um, so I don't, 
I'm not going to take a side. I love <laughs> Pat and Carter. Both let's, of them. <laughs> let's compromise and say it was an 80-minute period. <laughs> and, um, no, but FCC comes back and wins 4-3. to three. Uh, A couple of the goals get posted online uh, from FCC. And I got to tell you, Lucho crossing to Baird, hitting it on the volley off the post into the goal was just a dream come true from what you'd want to see from Baird. And the goal that I cannot stop rewatching over and over and over again is Aaron Bupenza winning the ball in Philly's box, dribbling around Andre Blake, making him look foolish, driving, uh, dribbling the ball all the way to the goal line, turning around and emphatically backheeling the ball into the goal. It was such a disrespectful move that uh, Pedro Martinez uh, grabbed the ball and threw it at Aaron Bupenza and started a uh, on-field scuffle there. It was awesome. I absolutely loved every bit of this. I'm just thrilled that there was something to talk about out of the game. Like preseason <laughs> games are always boring. You know, it's it's grainy footage, but we got some high quality great footage of mm-hmm. Bupenza absolutely styling on him. And I'm here for things that are petty that lead to drama in the in the regular season. Because I'm I'm happy that like there will be something to talk about in this Philly game when they say it. That this highlight will get played and it'll be, oh, is his is he going to emerge from this game unscathed? Or is someone going two-footed at him instantly as soon as they have the opportunity to get a little payback for that? I like it. It's good. The league needs more of this. The league needs more heels. Yes. Uh, Bupenza is perfectly set up to be the absolute villain of MLS this season. I think he's going to piss a lot of teams and fan bases off, and I am just so happy we have him. The best comment about this on the uh, on the X app that should have gotten a lot more love was someone uh, commented after watching the video that uh, please delete this. This sort of thing is illegal in Gabon. <laughs> <laughs> Just nasty. Um, yeah, no, this is this is so so good to see. Um, I would argue also- it was not illegal in Gabon because it wasn't recorded with intent to distribute. Oh, I don't know. Closed door match. As, as I, soon as you as soon as you record that, it's like this is getting live. Like there's absolutely well, no if way. If you decide, happen. if you decide after you didn't record it with intent, ah, come this on. Is the, I think the Daily Mail went ahead and made a uh, an interpretation there that recording is intent to distribute. So something to noted. Think about. Lawyers at the Daily Mail here. Which... <laughs> I think they just ignored that whole portion <laughs> because they reported, and a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people like repeated that a statement about like Gabon law that Google Translate <laughs> tells me is not entirely accurate. I don't know. I would trust a uh, British tabloid to be experts on Gabonese criminal code. So, <laughs> so, so here's my, fa- my, my real favorite portion of this goal and for everything about this goal. And I want to see if you guys agree with this. I absolutely believe he would try this in a game. Yeah, he should. This isn't this isn't just a ah, it's preseason. We're having fun. I absolutely believe he would do that in front of the Bailey and then 
turn around and do like the everyone shower me in adoration as soon as that happens and then get decleated by someone coming in to start a fight. <laughs> I hope he does. Like this is right up there with the they're not quite as disrespectful, but the backflips after goals. Like I love the showboating, the showmanship. Uh, I'm reminded a little bit of Brenner trying the uh, the rainbow or the sombrero mm-hmm. in a game when we were losing. Like, yeah, I think we were I up. I think that. we were up in that game. Were we okay? But yeah, like we the fact big, that he was I trying, it was like it. he was definitely trying to like you know show yeah, somebody yeah. up in a game we were winning handily. I think my right so, so good. So I so Pat Brennan. Who we're kind of going after. I'm kind of going after this episode, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he tweeted that Martinez was right to like show Bupenza that like what Bupenza had done was like disrespectful. I heartily disagree. <laughs> heartily disagree. Like, if just be better, <laughs> right? Like, it's you're entitled to score. However, you get the ball across the line. Okay. Yeah. These are professionals. You don't respond to somebody making you look bad through play with like violence or an altercation. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. Right. And this is like why, like in baseball, like I'm really against like, okay, a guy like admires his home run. So we get to whip a ball a hundred miles an hour at his head. Like. Yeah. Be better. Right. Next time, stop him from scoring. Yeah. Counterpoint. Hell yeah. Fights are fun. <laughs> I, yeah. I I mean, if the uh, I support on the, the other fighting foot. with um, <laughs> like when uh, uh, Bernadeschi like tried to kill whoever it was and Gaddis got in his face like, OK, like that's that makes sense. That's justified, you know, because he he played in a dangerous way that that uh, I think it was Alvis, um, you know, he you know potentially could have hurt. Alvis, so you get up in yeah. his face and you tell him. Yeah. But a guy a guy styles on you, you're a pro, man. Don't let that happen. Don't get if you're the go if you're Andre Blake, don't get dribbled. <laughs> you know? Like This so is why I love this is why I love hockey, because hockey already contemplates in the rule set that occasionally just shit's gonna go down. And here's Two minutes for roughing, five minutes for fighting. You know, we have this all figured out. You go go cool off for a shift. We'll be back. After, we'll be back in a few. Don't worry about it. Um, my only problem with style on them and fighting, I do are fighting or leading to that is that there is just this grim certainty in my mind that the way this goes down is that Bupenza does something like this. Somebody comes up to him and tells him what's up. I guarantee you Matt Miazga is getting a red card out of that situation. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know why. But like the ref's going to turn. Bupenza, yellow, guy in his face, yellow, points down to Miazga 50 <laughs> yards away, red. And just like, somehow this is your fault. Yeah, and MLSsoccer.com has to put card other because they have no idea what the hell the, the referee was doing. Yeah, Grace, I was going to say, you're getting dangerously close to just outlawing Matt Miazga's game with your take. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, Matt Miazga, uh, he's, he's, he doesn't like – yeah, he he's, you know, plays dirty, but – He's, he's no, not, he does he's not, not play doing... dirty. False. Matt Miazga plays exactly the way Matt Miazga needs to. He plays a mental game. He plays yes. aggressive while the game is going on. Yeah. Like, when the game is over, 
Well, depending on who in the referees union you talk to, he's he's a pretty chill guy. <laughs> fine, 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 upstanding member of our community. I love the I love the cheekiness from Bupenza. I love yes. the level of confidence you have to have in your own game to do this and think that you're going to get away with it. Um, and if you screw it up, that's on you too. You know, so that's it's, it's also funny. Like when guys yeah. try to do stuff like that, like the guys who drop the ball short of the goal line. It's funny every oh, time it happens. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I, was the, a, uh, I was at a Xavier game earlier this week where they threw an alley-oop and the guy got rejected by the rim on an alley-oop. <laughs> it's just, man, you tried you tried to do something cool and <laughs> you made an ass of yourself in front of 12,000 people. I uh, was absolutely thinking of the uh, Mario Balotelli back heel, uh, Manchester City versus LA Galaxy in a friendly. And Balotelli does this like during the run of play, like it's not as open net. And uh, his back heel completely misses the goal. <laughs> it's a really good moment. Um, also, in I, I just want to say, like in these preseason games generally, it sounds like Buka is the real deal. And I want to say again with Bupenza. He has been scoring a lot of goals. And again, it's preseason. I don't know what all this means. Uh, a couple of years ago when the Lions went 0-16, I believe they won every single one of their preseason games. Like, I, I don't want to read too much into this. But if you had to pick whether or not Bupenza was scoring lots of goals in the preseason or not, you'd have him scoring the goals. If if you had Buka being a standout player, you'd rather him be that than not. So... Overall, are there any, I don't know, any concerns or any any positives that we're really taking away from what little we're, we're able to glean from this? So it does look, based on positioning in the video, that Kubo has absolutely been playing these last two games as a as a right uh, as the right wing back, mm-hmm. um, and I think Pat Noonan acknowledged it in his post-game press conference and um if i recall said that you know he's that that's definitely something that we might see during the season um cool as to as to buka um nunu was very complimentary of his play um in carter's recap carter says uh he was uh involved in the build-up of all four goals um, and had a couple nice. of moments that, you know, almost pulled off something kind of special. Um, I'll, you know, I'll read. Um, I'll flat out say it. I talked to someone, you know, hey, hashtag yep. sources. I talked to someone who said that Buka has been not only just impressive, but that has blown people away down in Florida with how good and how quickly he is integrated into what this team is doing. Um, and that's back that. to, like, you know how trust but verify that's backed up by quite literally everyone who has had an official thing to say on the record about buka has all been universally positive i think there is a very real chance that they found a gem with this guy or at the very least someone who fits exactly what they need or exactly what they're asking him to do on this roster yeah and you know go back and i think a couple episodes ago when this rumor first um when he was first rumored with the team um i looked at a lot of uh i signed up for a y scout trial and looked at a lot a lot of uh of buka uh tape and 
you know, was really impressed at how complete of a player he seemed in that, like, he had highlights doing, like, any kind of action you would want your box-to-box midfielder to be able to do, you know? And um, I think, you know, uh, uh, one of the moments that Carter described, you know, where... um, it sounds like it says he corralled a loose ball, stepped into open space and fired a shot on the net. You know, it sounds like he was engaged in some kind of like high, high pressing action there, you know, and that's something that, that you see him do a bit in his Pilsen uh, tape where he's even, he's even occasionally been like at the top of their press. Um, And one of the things he's statistically done really well is winning the ball in you know the opponent's half and the opponent's third um and getting what what they call is like a dangerous uh recovery Uh, which will be which will be good because this team loves to high press and that'll lucho is very good at this when he engages in this barrial is very good when barrial presses forward Wobodo is very good so now you are building a team where the entirety of the midfield and the attacking pieces want to step up and win a ball, which I really, really like in terms of how rosters and MLS are built. It exponentially increases the likelihood that you will have a better person with on-the-ball skills than the person he's marking or going up against or where the ball is played to his space in the field, which I like. The I'm working thing- on a take with him. Because they posted some training footage of him like running through like drills. I'm working on a take with Bucha that we got him at somewhat of a discount because he runs funny. <laughs> oh, this is the Loka theory. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, you know, all the stats and everything bears out that he's a really good player. But like you look at him and his like arms are like kind of flopping around a little bit. Um, <laughs> So keep keep your eye on that. Who's the weirdest runner in the league right now, and why is it Jordan Morris? Is he worse than Jordan Morris? <laughs> Jordan Morris is pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Morris runs like a PS1 character. Like, I can't yeah. explain it anything else than that. It's like you held down, like, the X button or whatever. Right. There's just not enough. There's, they have the polygons are there, but the frame rate just can't keep up with how a human being moves. Man, Loka did have the weirdest gait, though. <laughs> yeah. The... The other interesting thing about this preseason game, because I agree with you, Kevin, I don't think you can read much into results, but with the formation that Grayson is suggesting, it's interesting that then Trialist or Oriano, he is playing on the left, mm-hmm. which I think then I think then puts into focus what the plan with Oriano is in this regard, is that Barial is coming back. Barial is going to play on his left-hand side like he did last year until something happens in the summer. And I think we're all of the mind that the summertime is Barrial's swan song here. Something has gone horribly awry for him if that's not the case. But let's play from the idea that the summer is Barrial. He's going to get sold then. Yeah. So it looks like I would guess, based on how they're lining up in the preseason, the fact that Oriano is not playing on the right would lead me to believe that the plan with Oriano may in fact be that he is the eventual left back for this team or left uh left wing, wing back. back for left yeah. wing back for this team and he will play as an inverted right 
which we talked about last time, which he's done before, but only until Barial is sold, and then he will shift over, shift over to the left, which matches more with his footedness, like we talked about. And the shopping list in the summer will be, once again, a right wing back looking to replace Barial, or potentially, you know, maybe that does become Yuya Kubo for the stretch run, and they add someplace else based on need or based on you know, injury or what else is going on on the team. But I guess flexibility is always good in yeah, these I regards. I don't think – I think we will see Kubo there on occasion. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that that's anything like the long-term plan with with uh, when, when Barrial is gone is just Kubo is now your right wing back and Oriano is your left wing back. I think you're right, Chief that we see Oriano play as a right wing back um, when Barrial is available. Um, I think there's going to be one more preseason friendly, so maybe we'll get some insight on that um, now that Barrial's back with the team. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see there. Oriano does have a better, at least from what I've seen, he seems to have a better right foot than Barrial, even though he very much favors his left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's got a better ability to stay wide on the right and still be effective than Barrial would. We talked about, Kevin talked about like, you know, the inverted wingers last week. And um, if, if you put Barrial on the right, he basically has to cut it because yeah. he's so left foot. He's so left foot dominant. And I don't yeah. think we would do that to Barrial just because no. he's looking for a move and mm-hmm. to do something like that, that would be kind of, you want to talk about like he, it's it, all indications are he's got a positive attitude and he's reported back to the team and it's not like he's sitting out pouting over what happened. I think then doubling down and asking him to do something that doesn't favor his skill set, that's where you get into the idea of I just missed my transfer to Europe and now you're going to put me in a position where the film I'm putting out may not be as good as it would be if I'm doing what I'm good at. So mm-hmm. I think that is where if you were to make a decision like that as a manager or as a team, that's where you risk, I think, losing the player to a certain extent. Yeah. You know who did put Barriel on the right side? Yapstam. Just something to think about there. Um, <clears throat> Yu Yakubo, right wing back, I think is notable one, you know, Yet another position we get to say Yukubo will will have potentially going into the season. But two has I'm gonna say won the job over Alvis Powell, who I think for just about everybody was the assumed backup starting or potentially starting right wing back. So I, I do think it's interesting that Kubo is getting the run out there in not Powell. Um and Kubo did get an assist yeah. on uh Bupenza's second goal. Um, Acosta made a really nice pass over the top to Kubo making a run, and it was, um, you know, he just Kubo was able to play a ball straight across the straight across the goal mouth, and yeah. Penza finished it. So good. I, I mean, if this is what gets like weirdly Kubo more involved in the attack, like this, this could be really, really fun. Um, well. In some games where we might have to see Kubo at right wing back or some other variations, U.S. Open Cup uh, is 
where we might see that, it sounds like, despite what uh, thecup.us has been saying on Twitter all along, that this is very much not a closed question. MLS's participation in the U.S. Open Cup, um, it does sound like uh, USSF is willing to compromise in some way, shape, or form with MLS. Some of the uh, compromises that have been floated out there would be uh, CONCACAF Champions League participants would have the ability uh, to opt out of the Open Cup. In that case, that would include FC Cincinnati. Um Another option would be giving MLS teams the option of letting their MLS Next Pro team represent them in the tournament. It's not clear if they would then get the same seating or if that MLS Next Pro team would come in with the USL teams or NISA teams or whatever else, uh, or if they would get in with the MLS teams. Or the other option, and the one that I think is is way more interesting, is expanding MLS rosters to allow MLS Next Pro players to be registered to the MLS team to participate in the Open Cup. And I know, Grayson, we talked a little bit about this on the Discord. Could you maybe just explain why, in my mind, and I think for a lot of people's mind, that is the simplest option, but why is that not exactly the the simplest option here? Well, I don't, I don't know really whether it's the simplest option or not, but there's a couple of considerations okay like right now um mls next pro teams are what's known as quote-unquote affiliate clubs under the mls roster rules and um you can take an a player on an affiliate club and sign them to up to four short-term loan agreements for a maximum of four days each and um they can play in up to two league games or an unlimited number of non-league games, which would include U.S. Open Cup games. But obviously, you know, quote unquote unlimited, it's, it can only be whatever you can play in in your four short term loans of four days uh, uh, each. Yeah. So and Open Cup games are never within four days of each other. So, yeah. Right. But like, honestly, like you could right now. Um, take, uh, you could, I think you could get with the four short, short-term loans, you could sign like your whole next pro team <laughs> to short-term loans and get you to, if they keep winning somehow, get you to like the quarterfinal yeah. or semifinal, yeah. um, depending on when your MLS team enters the, enters the cup. And at that point in time, like, teams are going to want to use their main players anyway, because you're pretty close to a trophy. Yeah. Um, so like you, so if you wanted to just use the short term loans, um, that could get you pretty far and pretty close to having basically your next pro team playing in, uh, in us open cup. Yeah. Um, now on expanding the roster. Yeah. So, U.S. Open Cup actually doesn't have any roster rules. It's just whatever rules apply within your league, that's cool with the Open Cup. The Open okay. Cup used to have kind of different limitations. Like they would, rec- they would have like um, 
American player uh, requirements. Yeah, and things like, like that. there yeah. were there were strict. There used to be stricter uh, requirements on like the number of foreign players that you can or non non green card non citizen players that you could use. Um, but that's all gone away with now. They just say whatever the rules in your league are, we're good with. So the changes could come entirely from the MLS side, and there's no um, U.S. Open Cup additional restrictions to to navigate. Uh, however, it's not as simple as MLS just removing the four loan limit or expanding the roster just for U.S. Open Cup. Right. Because that loan limitation and a lot of the roster requirements are in the collective bargaining agreement with the MLS Players Association. And so you'd have to have and I'm not saying I don't know if the Players Association would uh would would object to this, but you ha- you have to negotiate with them and get them to agree to make a change to the to the labor agreement. Yeah. Uh to remove any of these any of these restrictions. Um, and on the one hand, you know, the Players Association has talked about fixture congestion as something that they're concerned about. Yeah. So you think they may be somewhat compliant on this issue. But on the other hand, right now, the, the, the ability to loan players on a short-term basis um, from the affiliate team is an exception to a lot of the minimum contract, like, monetary and length requirements Mm. that are in the CBA for MLS players. And these are players that are coming in that are not part of the players association and they're being used as a workaround to having play, having a player on like the full standard player agreement that that the union negotiated with the league. Right. And the union probably doesn't want to have a ton, doesn't want to like open the door (laughs) <laughs> to creating like all kinds of exceptions around their, you know, bargained right. uh, minimums and some of the job security for their, you know, member member players. Now that said, like you could, you know, just because they agree to like say, well, we'll open up the Open Cup roster to forty five, and you can have like fifteen youth players or whatever. Um, that doesn't mean the union is now giving up the game and they're going to like acquiesce to a million other things. It's just a consideration, right? It's just like, there's, it's just, I'm only mentioning that to point out that like, there's always other things that you're considering. Yes. When you're, when you, when you open up the door to like bargain about this kind of stuff. Yeah. You don't want to just suddenly be giving away all of your union jobs to non-union guys. Like that would be sort of the, the the fear there. I do think it's interesting too. Uh, MLS Player Association leadership, like Bob Foose and things like that, or folks like that, um, have certainly been like way more in agreement with MLS in terms of fixture congestion and kind of throwing like cold water on the Open Cup as a competition. But then in virtually, and I I mean I'm probably just not being shown the ones where this is not being said, but in virtually every player interview that I've seen this preseason talking about the Open Cup, 
every single player says how much they like the Open Cup, how much uh, they would like to continue to play in it, how they don't even mind if that compromise. Like a bunch of players have sort of offered up, you know, they don't mind going on the road to play the lower division teams if that's what helps keep the competition alive and things like that. It's very interesting where maybe union leadership is versus where some of the more vocal rank and file members are in terms of how they're approaching this issue um i don't yeah, know I don't but know like there's also the players yeah. when they when they do these interviews they always say how much they like games and they like playing and it's like in the abstract every player likes playing soccer but that's probably on good the, <laughs> on the well, yeah the, good but if you were like do you want to play soccer right now do you like playing games yeah i love playing soccer games okay, would you rather play a 45-game schedule or a 35-game schedule? For the well, same 30, money. They'd say, first off, like, what am I getting paid for? But the <laughs> other one, too, is if it's it's the same rate of pay, I'd rather pay play 35 games. And everyone loves the U.S. Open Cup in the abstract, but asking them to play another – when it comes time for another midweek game and everybody's sore and they've been running too much, I think that the tune changes quite a bit. And also for a lot of these players that they're asking, they're asking stars what they think about the Open Cup. Most of these guys don't play in the Open Cup until you reach a certain round. Yeah. So the congestion is like, I, I, I do wonder if other players would have a different take. I don't know, though, because you talk about younger players, the Open Cup's an opportunity to show out. I, I, I think fixture congestion is real, and I think the players are more than ever in every sport more than ever in tune with this idea that my body is what I'm selling and that if I'm putting too much mileage on it, it's going to decrease the value that it has long-term in my ability to play long-term. And I think a lot of them are just political about avoiding, avoiding when they talk in public, the perception that all this guy cares about is a check. He doesn't actually want to play. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's definitely the PR nature of especially the the preseason interviews and things like that. Yeah. I just I don't know if it was a big charge of the uh, the MLS Players Association to try to kill off MLS's participation in the Open I Cup. Think you I would have given what, better marching orders. I don't know. You listen to what the union rep is saying. He's the guy that the players are telling the truth to. You don't listen to what the players are saying in public. The players in public want to pre preserve this image that the public yeah. has of them. That's the whole purpose of a union head, is to say <laughs> the uncomfortable things that are unpopular with the masses that are in the best interest of his bargaining organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, at the very least, it sounds like this is still up in the air. And I don't know exactly where those conversations about uh, CONCACAF Champions League teams not participating in the Open Cup apply, if that could potentially apply to this season. And if that's the case, FC Cincinnati would be immediately eliminated from a potential trophy for the season just by the nature of them being in the Champions League. So definitely something to keep an eye on uh, as, as we move forward there. Um, similar note, uh, Grayson, the PSRA and Pro reach an agreement in principle, I don't think we have anything official. Um, anything of note there? We we should avoid a, a work stoppage, though, in theory, right? Yeah. So for, I think we mentioned this initially, but the the uh, pro referees union and 
PRO, which is the organization that employs the refs, uh, had an, had to negotiate a new labor agreement this mm-hmm. year. They had extended it to like January 31st. And then the ref union put out a statement saying like, um, it's okay to ref preseason games and accept assignments up until the start of the MLS season. But if we don't have a, um, if we don't have a contract, uh, we're going to do a work stoppage and we would ask that our members, you know, not accept any assignments that they're given during a work stoppage. Cause there've been allegations that pro was like individually approaching referees mm-hmm. to see if they'd be willing to work games without a contract, which is direct dealing. And it's not really allowed under, you know, the laws around collective bargaining agreements, which is why the, the refs union filed a charge with the national labor relations board, uh, about that, about that practice. Well, feisty um, there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but there was a some talk about having to have replacement refs. The re- MLS actually did have replacement refs in 2014. Um, it was a smaller league at the time, and I think it was just like the first two weekends. But like, I went back and looked at it, and they got like pretty good refs. <laughs> like they were from like you know from like professional European leagues, guys with like yeah World Cup experience. I'm sure that they were not cheap. Right. Uh, but I'm a little curious what it what it would have looked like to have replacement refs for the first uh first week or two. God. Uh, but irony. it looks like that's not gonna happen though. <laughs> the irony of MLS shelling out for world class referees from all over the world and just like the refereeing standard raises from <laughs> during the work stoppage. <laughs> it's just all about sending the message. Would you have watched a match where scab referees were playing or would you have honored the picket line? I would have watched it because I'll tell you why. Um the PSRA I don't view as a legitimate labor organization. I think they're they're akin to like a cop union. Um and when uh when Matt Miazga had his situation, right? Mm-hmm. The PSRA is who made it public. Yep. Initially, and the PSRA was making demands of the league about how Matt Miazga should be should be punished. Matt Miazga is another union member. Yes. And he has a collectively bargained discipline process that he is entitled to go through. Yes. And I found it incredibly distasteful for one union to be actively and publicly interfering with the collectively bargained process of another union. Yeah. That was not in solidarity at all. When when the situation is reversed and a head coach or a player recommends a punishment for a referee making a mistake, they get fined by the league. That is not tolerated and and not okay whatsoever. And so. I had I couldn't find an example of the MLS Players Association making any demands about publicly about uh, referee discipline or anything like that. But it should happen this year. That should happen. Yeah, we it should absolutely play- should happen. I want a players union statement after bad officiating decisions, publicly calling out the the official and asking for discipline of the official. I need that to happen multiple times this year. And obviously the MLSPA did ultimately put out a statement, you know, disputing a lot of the allegations, which they were kind of forced to do. Yeah, defending by, their member. Well, yeah, yeah they, I mean, once it becomes public, you have to 
you have to back your member, but they did wait until after the discipline process was over. Mm-hmm. I do want to point that out, um, and which was the appropriate thing to do. So I, I don't view the PSRA as a legitimate, um, as a legitimate member of the cause. Um, so I would have watched games with scab referees. <laughs> Spe- Defund the PSRA, I guess. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of defunding, oh, uh, shit. The, I forgot that we're a right wing podcast, so we're against unions anyway. Yeah, that's accurate. You. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just right, now we ignore lost, everything we lost, I just said. We, we lost, <laughs> we lost Sherrod as a listener now. We're down to 11 listeners. <laughs> Maybe JD will recommend it to one of his friends now. I've been, Wait, as, I've been trying to establish us the lane as like because I feel like there's too much. Uh, the other podcasts around FC Cincinnati are too left-wing and woke so i yeah was trying to give us a lane you know well the the right-wing take is anti-public unions anyway so i think we can still be anti-cop union the correct with the correct you know mindset there um speaking of politics though our friends up north the nordeca certainly have a situation on their hands uh it came out on twitter this this week um man i i saw a tweet that can you explain uh, this to me because i don't know what's going on with this okay so we'll we'll back up for a second and we'll we'll talk about why this is great uh the nordeca is the columbus crew broad uh supporters group so unlike in fc cincinnati world where you can join any number of supporters groups in columbus you virtually are only able to join one organization the nor the nordeca the north deck named after the original section of uh of the stadium that they were uh fans in um so they run their board elections on a website called election buddy and i'm very familiar with this because i used to run the prides elections on election buddy and what was posted on twitter by the nordeca official twitter account is that somebody... Ooh, can I just read the press release? Because they yeah. issued a press release. I love Please. when supporters groups issue releases. <laughs> um, to, to all the news organizations that are desperate to cover this. Yes, right. please quote it directly. Yeah, I, um, I did this last year for the War Pigs and made a lot of people angry. <laughs> the Matt Miasca situation was unfolding. All right, so this came from the official uh, Nordecki account. On February 8th, 2024, the Nordecki received word from Election Buddy our third-party election administrator, that a member has filed a challenge of our 2024 board election, expressing concern that the results do not accurately reflect the vote as it occurred. (laughs) We have accepted this challenge and will begin moving forward with the process. With our acceptance, Election Buddy will start an election integrity check, verifying election details, security settings, spoiled ballots, added ballots, and logs to verify the election integrity and note any potential anomalies. After their initial review, they will ask the Nordecki a series of questions to confirm their understanding of our setup and live processes. They will then, then they will share the results of their investigation and make a recommendation. At that point, the Nordecki can decide to either hold runoff elections administered by Election Buddy, where we cannot access our account, but only review the results upon completion. Election Buddy did not offer a timeline as of yet for this review process. We will provide continuous update as this process progresses. We, the Nordecki board, look forward to their confirmation of a fair and secure election 
so that we can continue with the planning and the work of the 2024 Columbus crew season. Kevin and Grayson, I ask you, wasn't this all Donald was asking Mike Pence to do? (laughs) Just pause, take a minute before we certify the election and just look and see and make sure everything was done transparently to look at all the ballots. What I what I loved about this in particular is uh, it came out a little bit later that in order to go through all of this, it is four hundred dollars that the Nordeca will will have to cough up in order to to do this full review. Um, so so good. This is this is look. I I I've started this before. No. There's somebody on Twitter that mentioned this. I just got to say the. The charge of the Euro snob is that MLS has no storylines, and I can't think of a better storyline in the preseason than some supporters group, election fraud drama, a stop the steal SG edition. This is as good as it gets, baby. I want to direct my comments now to the patriot (laughs) who stood up to say no more to this election theft in the Nordeki. The one unnamed member who complained to challenge the results. One man standing up to a machine is always tough. We've seen this throughout history. But I want to applaud you for sticking to your values and understanding that the rights of democracy are are inherent to all of us. And when you believe your vote has been stolen, you have a duty and an obligation to stop the steal. And I want everyone to remember that, that what they are doing in Columbus is they are just attempting to stop the steal. And to the Nordecki board, how dare you think you could get away with this? How dare you? (laughs) You know, they say, you know, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Yes, man. I really liked Auxilia one had a great one, which is uh, Parks and Rec. But instead, we follow an American soccer SG's tepid political infighting as it becomes a miniature banana republic, two seasons, 16 episodes, called Safe Standing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I would watch I would watch the shit out of this. It would be a great lead into Dr. Cop, I think. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> I, I, I could see this being good, but not as like an actual show, as like a, as like a web series that's got like, five to ten minute episodes yeah like how like high maintenance started i like which is it's five uh, minutes it's the five minute meeting or five minutes before the game of everyone arguing who should be at the front of the march or or one of those uh, infighting in the stands about what song to play next right or like who gets to whether people can like save seats in the yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, there's been a couple of of films and i think an episode of uh was it modern family did this with uh just tell it all from the screen of somebody's macbook so it's like all the slack messages all of the ims all of the texts that they're they're just trying to (laughs) to work this out because it all virtually happens online everybody's too afraid to actually confront each other in person yeah everyone gets along when we're together it's just when (laughs) it's it's when we're all online firing takes back and forth to one another where all of a sudden the worst intentions are assumed i love this i think that every supporters group in mls should have to put out at least two press releases during the course of the season just airing their dirty laundry in public just as a reminder of people of how profoundly silly what this all is all all this is oh man i i absolutely love this let's go around the horn here first 
Uh, Grayson, do you believe that the Nordeca election was stolen? Absolutely. I've never believed anything more strongly. Kevin, do you believe the election was stolen? Of course. It'd be weird if it wasn't. What do we have to do to show solidarity with Columbus, the Columbus fans who had their votes stolen? Do we have anything we have to do? Should we should we refuse to seat the Nordeca at the away day for hell is real when they come down here because they are an illegitimate government? Yeah, I don't yeah. recognize the leadership of the current regime uh, in charge of Nordeca. So I think we should not recognize them as a organization yeah. until they can prove to, you know, the organization of American states that um, all of their, you know, that they've got appropriate controls. Yeah, I'd go a step further to say that a, uh, you know, an, an illiberal democracy or an autocracy that they're running there is in need of liberation. And, you know, if, if that means bringing democracy, you know, uh, via conquest, so be it. I think it's on Cincinnati to liberate the oppressed Columbus crew fans and give them a democratic outlet that is a the true campaign of a true campaign of shock and awe, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. What other way is there to do it? So I, I think also that- think people have a moral obligation to, let's say, self-deport, let's say, from the Nordeca <laughs> and from crew fandom. That's a good point. There is and a degree of consent anybody, here. <laughs> anybody who remains involved with that organization or with that with that club, you know, after, you know, by by the start of the season... They've consented to anything that happens to them. They are now an enemy combatant, I think, is the way we define them in the battle space right here. Yeah. If they are a, uh, you know, a ticket paying age as a fan. Yeah, they're they're fair. game. So I am calling on FC Cincinnati to refuse Columbus fans to the Nordeck, the Nordeca access to TQL Stadium until free and fair elections are held in Columbus and until we can guarantee with international inspectors the 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 veracity of the vote. I believe, and I am declaring, I'm going to be the. We are going to be the first podcast to fight for democracy. Okay, other podcasts are afraid to fight for democracy. This is a pro democracy podcast, pro freedom. We have a mission, an obligation. Liberal. We have. Yes. We are. We are compelled by our nation, by our by our values to to fight back against oppressors of democracy worldwide and to use our our military and our our strategic might in order to bring democracy to the rest of the world. So no to the Nordeca. They are not allowed to TQL Stadium. I'm calling on FC Cincinnati to ban them from entry in TQL Stadium until their elections are free and fair. Um, The only person that can come in is the guy that reported the election is stolen. Mm -hmm. Um, He can come in or she, whomever, however they identify. Um, they can come in. And if the fans in Columbus form in a government in exile, that is truly the result of the will of the people, we may grant them recognition. But I'm calling on FC Cincinnati to not recognize the Nordeca. I'm calling on the uh, International Supporters Council or the whatever it is, the ISC. I am calling on them to revoke the Nordeca's membership for failing yes. to abide by democratic values. Um, this is serious. I may have yeah. to put a press release out about this. Oh, the, I think post, we do. the post may need to put a press release out about this, that we are calling upon FC Cincinnati to ban the Columbus crew until free and fair elections are held in Columbus. 
Uh, two points on this. One, just to continue to push my agenda, you know what could have solved all these problems? Lotteries. A lottery. Uh, <laughs> two, um, you know, I I wouldn't stop here, folks. Save the crew. There's a lot of lot of dark money, a lot of dark politics money involved there. I I need to audit the Fed. I need to audit the deck, and we need to see exactly how much money. I mean, these guys. I mean, it's a little tongue in cheek here about stealing an election. Tens of thousands of dollars in these bank accounts that these guys are, are rigging elections for. I, I mean, I don't know if I were, uh, if I were in charge of, I don't know, Columbus and uh, looking for, uh, I don't know, a scalp to prosecute. You, you could do worse than these guys. Come on now. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Balls, the ball is in your court, FC Cincinnati. You can be part of the change here. All right, that's going to do it for part one. Part two, we're going to talk a little, little Patreon questions and we're going to get out of here. And before we head on over to part two, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Scentsy Shirts. And I got to be honest with you, if you've never heard of Scentsy Shirts, I don't believe you. Look, they are the best when it comes to FC Cincinnati gear. They are the best when it comes to Cincinnati sports gear as well. They have an amazing selection online and in their two stores, one in Hyde Park, the other in Fort Mitchell. They do amazing stuff. They can also print on demand, by the way. Go check out their stock and when you do. If you use the code, the post Cincy, all one word, all caps, they knock 10% off your order and we kind of get to take credit for sending you over there, right? I think we can all agree that's that's fine. Just let them think that we are how you learned about them. Uh, they also have MLSPA licensed gear. Support the Players Union and FC Cincinnati players with that one. And as I said, they have print on demand in their location. So if they don't have your size in stock online, go to a store. They'll print it for you. Uh, huge thanks to Cincy Shirts for being sponsors of the podcast. Our longest running sponsor as well. Amazing, amazing guys. Happy to be working with them. Check them out again. Sensi shirts, link in description. Use the code the post Sensi. Get 10% off your entire order. It doesn't even have to be FCC gear, and you'd be doing a lot for the show. So thank you so much to Sensi Shirts and thank you for using the code. All right. We are back and we have your questions to answer, folks. You can ask us a question on the Patreon. That's right. For $2, we will answer your questions. I should say you can ask a question. We will probably answer your question. Who's to say? Um, yeah, the only thing yeah. Patreon gets you is the ability to ask the question. We've said this before. We are it's not true. required. We are not promising to answer your question. And I will say, uh, we have a post up there, January 31st. Please submit your questions. A lot fewer questions asked than folks given us money so you are leaving you know your 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 rights as a patron on the table if you're not asking us a question here uh so let's dive into this uh chief i figure i'll start with you tom badden asks why 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 not damn that's a good answer <laughs> i'll give you the same question um Captain Kirk gave to uh, when asked why he was climbing El Capitan in okay. the classic film Star Trek V because it's there. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> Grayson, do you have a, a different answer to why? No. Oh, that's a good one. Why yeah. does God need a starship? My, my, I, I do have an answer actually. Ooh. Um, I, I do not owe anybody an explanation. <laughs> First question, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I reject the question. I think I think why is uh is the wrong question. You know, I think Well, congratulations. Think, you do well in modern media. Yeah. Why why break, is the wrong break, question? The the first of the uh the W's that get thrown out for breaking news. Out of here. Who? What? When? That's fine. Why? Yeah. No. That's for you. No context. To <laughs> Uh, in a similar vein, Ty asks, fuck, Mary, kill, Caleb Porter, Greg Berhalter, Don Garber. <laughs> Who wants to grab this one first? <laughs> oh, man. Pass. <laughs> um, uh, to me, this is easy. All right, so but... you, you, you fuck Caleb Porter. No, you kill Caleb Porter. Yes. You fuck Greg Berhalter. Yes. You marry Don Garber. Don's exactly the, the, the stable one here. Yes. Don's making the most money, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's all right. Now let's get out of this question. Well, a, I'll tell you this. Time in general. <laughs> the follow-up question uh, was: Just be glad I didn't ask uh, Pat Laurel Carter with the same question. So we we dodged a bullet, folks. I'm gonna marry all three of them. We're gonna have a polygamous relationship of FC Cincinnati news. It's gonna be glorious. Perfect. Uh, another question from Brandon uh, Ramey asks: How many buyouts will Miami get when their retirement home roster build inevitably fails? Do we ever see the accounting on how this was possible in the first place? So they're going to do it's it really seems like the league has embraced this mutual termination thing. Yeah. Um Chicago just got away with one. Mm-hmm. Um of their DP winger. Uh so I think we're going to see a lot of mutual terminations and people are just going to accept that despite what the roster rules say um mutual terminations get you full <laughs> roster and budget relief right the, the the mutual termination the terms of the mutual termination are the owner of our team pays you everything that you were owed and you agree to terminate your contract as a result of that yeah yeah and you, it's you just might a confuse lie. that with the one-time buyout option which is supposed to be that but yeah as grayson said the, the league is just sort of fine with certain media markets getting the uh, the ability to just do this whenever they want, so I also assume that what also is an is an option here is that uh, Inner Miami will form some sort of a partnership with some smaller club somewhere, and then there's just a place to sell distressed assets to, or they'll buy some smaller club and just offload contracts to that club where they can just serve out the remainder of their. <laughs> their term on a disabled like list or an injury list. It's I found like out a that penal city, colony. <laughs> I found out that City Football Group has a team in China now. Why not? Because NYCFC just sent a player there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the isn't that the, the I mean, we we're joking about this, but wouldn't it make a lot of sense if Carl just bought some team in Argentina and like the lower levels and you just send players down there that you just don't want anymore. It's like, yeah, you'll get paid. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then I once they're there, do... you move them someplace else. Yeah. I wanted to do a segment last year where we propose a team 
for for Carl to buy. Yeah. Uh but uh, yeah. I we didn't, uh, we didn't get there. there there's a pa- we... there's a Patreon thing. Suggest a team. If you suggest a team that Carl can buy that you think and like this is serious answers only. I don't want, you know, I don't want all you knuckleheads that root for Man United to be like he needs to buy him cuz the Glazers are ruining. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. That's if lame. you have a serious team, a serious that's up for sale that uh, you can suggest, uh, we will read that name on here if you suggest it through the Patreon. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Carl, maybe one of Carl's people or one of the 12 and we can get word up to him. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast many, many moons ago, but um, I got pretty far down the rabbit hole of pretending to be interested in buying a team in Italy in uh, Serie D and like was emailing back and forth with the person <laughs> who was going to sell the team to me. Um, it seems pretty easy. <laughs> so I don't, I, I go for it, <laughs> go for it. Uh, Carl, um, I would recommend Switzerland though. I just feel like there's, you know, a safe place to store your money. Right. Um, Brock Bermel asks, are there any discussions on a new victory song? And why would a Taylor Swift song be the best option to enrage the rest of the league? I mean, it would enrage a lot of the stadium, too. Is what the <laughs> is, I think. Can, can we move off of Mr. Brightside at all? Is that think, stuck with us given no, that we want to support it's the shield, shield with it? It's yeah. the Shield song. No, it, we absolutely can. In the year that Mr. Brightside was playing – we were beaten by our rivals on our own home turf in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mr. Brightside is dead. It's a dead song. It did not accomplish its goal. Like if your if your victory song doesn't get you a title, like you got to keep switching it up till you find the victory song that will lead the boys to victory. Mm. I think it's time for I think it's time for a new song. I think this has nothing to do with the fact that I've disliked Mr. Brightside from day one. <laughs> so I mean, look. We were early on this train, and we'll keep pushing it. Uh, Lights of Cincinnati. Yes. Give it a shot. Yeah. I think that try, what, what you need out. is you need a one-two punch. You need the 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 hype song, and then the hype song goes into the Lights of Cincinnati afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then eventually everyone stays for both of them, and it's very it's great. But I think the hype song we can do better. Uh, and if you weren't convinced by the fact that. Every time some team that you hate is doing something exciting, they're always playing Mr. Brightside. Grayson, how did you feel uh, when you saw all of those Michiganders at the big house playing Mr. Brightside as they went and they won a national title this year? How did that make you feel as an Ohio State fan? I, I didn't watch any of those games. No. <laughs> That's a good mental health move. Yeah. Uh, I was in... I was in Grand Tetons for the Ohio State Michigan game this year, so I didn't, uh, I didn't, didn't watch it. <laughs> well, they love well, Mr. Brightside, and that I knew we were, yeah, we were going to lose. So, yeah, knowing that fact alone should make you hate this song. <laughs> yeah, the problem with Mr. Brightside is everybody I'm, can I'm come sorry, up with a better one. X R Brightside. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay. Uh, the the problem with Mr. Brightside though is that you. Everybody can think of a better one. The problem is everybody can't agree on a better one. I do think that you shouldn't be allowed to say we need to stop playing Mr. Brightside 
without simultaneously suggest making your suggestion. Like or, you have to put your cards yeah. on the table, right? You have to say, we need to move on from Mr. Brightside and we need to play uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy by Toby Keith. Yes. Fast car, Tracy Chapman. I don't know. It's hot in the streets right now. Everybody loves a fast car. Yeah, Kate Bush was was super hot last year. Why not? Let's just keep running just them back. Lean into whatever the, the song of the moment is right here. Killing in the name of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, now, that's great. Now, now we're getting. Some, wait, we're right. Oh, wait, that was um, that was Paul Ryan's favorite band. So we're still good. We're still good with our politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some I'll, people say that actually it's punk rock to be conservative now that that's the new anti-establishment uh i think the ramones were the first ones there but i'll i'll agree with the idea uh ian rexrode asks you are temporarily don garber and you have time to make a single rule change or decision for mls do you take it serious and try to improve things or do you go for the lulls uh then he adds the caveat here hurry up he might be temporarily you, which I think is a very fun wrinkle in this whole whole endeavor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, well. I think I'd trust Don Garber to manage my yeah. life better than me. So I might just coast for a little bit and see Hon- what I come back to. <laughs> honestly, with my new job responsibilities, yeah, I think Don is more qualified to do my job than I am right now. <laughs> I think the play here is just lay low for a year. <laughs> I'll do the running up style penalty kicks. Yeah, that's a good one. Fully uh, embrace it. I would add a new type of... I wouldn't re- re- eliminate Gam and Tam. I would add a third type just to make things more complicated. But I would... <laughs> <laughs> like, I would spend my entire year inventing this new form of, of Am and write have ChatGPT just write the most odd, strange set of circumstances for where it can and cannot be used. Yeah. Like... That like this new type of like, you know, CAM, chief allocation money can only be used on players with four vowels in their last name, except if they are signed on the third Tuesday in the week immediately preceding the start of like, you know, just like wacky shit like that. Or if you want to use this player on a not this money on a non-conforming player, you and the player must go to league headquarters and both roll a 20-sided die. And if you both roll over a 17, you can use this money on his contract <laughs> as well. <laughs> Just I, got, I got one. Ooh, All right. please. Here's my new... So we invent just another kind of TAM that we also call TAM. <laughs> and it's transfer allocation money. Okay. So this is like a pot of money you can use just to get transfer fees off your budget. But it has to also be TAM. Yes. So, so every there's two single kinds article of written about it. It's right. so confusing. Tam, yeah. Tammy one and Tammy two. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, I think I would implement not pro rel, just rel. So every year we kick a team, the worst team, out of the league permanently, and after 30 years, we have the final champion. I guess it'd be 29 years. You'd have one year with just one team in it. Uh, you'd have, after 29 years, you'd have the ultimate champion of Major League Soccer. And that's it. And then the league is done. And we just, we all move on to a different sport. But for 30 years, 29 years, it'd be a lot of fun. I would implement Pro Rel, but with no limit 
to the pro or the rel <laughs> so that the team that wins MLS this year moves into a higher tier. <laughs> they just keep moving up and but down then, no matter but, what. But, but then what happens is because they're the only team in that league, they win that and they move on to a higher level. And so it's like they <laughs> can never be chasing them. <laughs> no, it's like it's like an AI where like the first AI to become sentient will automatically like be better than all AIs for the rest of time because it's got a head start and you can never make up that. Like, it's just they're, <laughs> the, the, the Columbus crew just they have ascended to a higher plane and they keep ascending. <laughs> <laughs> and no one can ever catch up to them. They can never play soccer again because they will forever be the only team in their league. <laughs> I, do, I do love that. You know, they would permanently get a Champions League spot and, you know, the best seating in the Open Cup. So they could just sort of perpetuate their dominance forever this way. I do really like this. <laughs> <laughs> just you end up with every team in its own league. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> but But no, then it's like a logic trap because they also finished last as well. Like, Ooh. So they all they all end up promoted and relegated all at the same time every time. <laughs> you need a supercomputer to sort out where exactly everybody is. <laughs> I do like the idea too, if you're Don Garber for a day, that we we joked about this last year, but I really think it would be electric. Where you don't reveal the playoff format until decision day. <laughs> yes, like you seal it one. in an envelope on day one, and then on right, the morning before decision day or the day before you pull the envelope out and it has the playoff conditions so that no team goes into decision day knowing if it's actually safe or not. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah, like the first six are in, and then it's the next two teams with the best goal differential. Or it's like the first, the first six are in, and then the, next, the two remaining teams are the teams that are the highest scoring teams on decision day. Where it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Goal differential. If you win ninety nine to ninety eight, congratulations. You score. Your number is ninety nine. You may. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in. <laughs> yeah. Just don't play a keeper. Just you know. <laughs> all goals all the time. Uh, well, there you go. Well, thank you so much to the uh, the patrons who have submitted their questions. Please submit more. We. Uh, very embarrassing. We're going to run out. <laughs> so there's there's a lot more of you that have yet to ask a question. Ask a question, please, uh, so we can talk about it on the postcast. Uh, but until then, Chief. We had some pushback on this. I, I know. I like it, though. We're laying the groundwork, folks. We're laying the groundwork so that when San Diego comes in, our whole fan base, all 12 of us, we're, we're geared up, ready. We've got the armor on. We're yeah. ready to go to war. Like, you will you will find yourself before that first San Diego game thinking, God, I hate these guys, and I can't figure out why. Exactly. Well, that's a public service we're doing to you. So go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah.